Good afternoon, you're listening to Scariff Bay Community Radio and this is Local Media <coughs> This Week, the programme where we have a look at the local print media here in County Clare and we see what they're talking about this week. We have the Clare Champion and we have the Clare Echo and we have a panel sitting here around the table which is a bit, um, some of whom are, are not regulars we'll say, but anyway, first of all, uh, David Fleming. David, good to see you. Good to see you, Jim. Uh, we have Carol McNamara, who's been here before a number of times recently. Good to have you back, Carol. Thank you very much, Jim. Delighted to be here. Another uh, contributor from time to time is Tom Hanley. So, Tom, great to have you back. Thank you, Jim. I get a chance to come off the subs bench this week. Too, you do indeed, <laughs> yes. And also, I suppose, I don't know whether he's on or off the subs bench this week, is Luke Fleming. He's certainly pressing buttons and sliding sliders here, but uh, he might feel like coming in occasionally uh, if, the, if, if, he, if something needs to be um, adjudicated on. <laughs> uh, and that's uh, Luke Fleming. Luke, welcome. Thanks, Jim. Now, uh, I suppose, looking at the front pages first, uh, lovely picture there on the Clare Echo of the junior Camogie uh, players, the Clare junior team, who won their All-Ireland title last Sunday in Croke Park. And I suppose we have to start, Tom, by congratulating them and wishing them well. Absolutely, yeah, they've done the business and I was watching most of it and they didn't start off great against Tipperary, but once they got into the rhythm of it, they certainly, yeah. goals of course win games, I think it got three goals and seven points was it, to nine points, that was the final score, my memory serves me right, you know, so they did well, you know, yeah. they did well and local girls performed well, Alicia O'Donnell, Alicia O'Donnell, that's right, yeah. and the lady, uh, the Jennifer, Jennifer Daly, Daly. Yeah, she, yeah. Was, she has some speed, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, but uh, it's great, and I suppose, Carl, you know, it is great to see so much uh, emphasis on on female uh, yeah. sports. I mean, 20 years ago, they were mm. pretty much ignored mm. in the mainstream Absolutely. media. Absolutely, and I think it's been a great few weeks because between the Irish uh, the Irish girls being in the, being in the World Cup in, in Sydney, and then when you, when you look, okay, we didn't, we won the minors, of course, Declare won the minors, but, you know, we, we were some ways robbed of the seniors in lots of ways that we didn't progress. But um, it's, it's, it's great to see the Camogies really featuring very well. And I mean, OK, it doesn't look like there's huge crowds there in Croke Park. But the, but the team came back here to, on the Sunday evening, which was a pure joy. I mean, the whole town went mad and they were fated all over the county, you know. So it, it is great to see um, a lot of interest nowadays in Camogie, I think. Yeah. It's interesting that they weren't allowed out of the bus. No. <laughs> uh, to the, on the festival in Scarif. Oh, really? They were, no. allowed, they were allowed out in Bordeaux, so in the cobblers, <laughs> I believe. I think they reckoned that it would be too long to... They mightn't get them back on. I know the organisers of the festival in Scarif wanted them to, you know, up at the stage for yeah, a few minutes yeah, sure. just for yeah. public, you know, adulation, I suppose. Yeah. But uh, no, they weren't having any of it. They weren't <laughs> going to let them out. They'd they'd be on a time schedule, of course, and they want to get around to... And they'd never places. get them yeah. back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, I suppose looking at the front page of the uh, Clare Champion, and it refers there to the backlash over Sinn Féin Dáil <coughs> Convention. And David, I suppose um, you'd have to look at democracy. Well, it seems that uh, the, there, there isn't 
much democracy in Sinn Féin, in the internal politics of Sinn Féin, according to this article. It's by Dan Danaher, um, backlash over Sinn Féin Dáil Convention. It's happening as we are recording this program uh, on Thursday evening. Um, the convention to select, I wonder is, the, is select the best word, because uh, the injured party, according to the piece, is Nolene Moran, who wanted to stand for the convention. Now, this is the convention to select the candidates who will run in next year's um, general election for Sinn Féin. Um, but, uh, but she did not get a, um, the required nomination from uh, the rules say you have to have uh, not only your own common but a second nominating body either the Ord Corlia Col or uh, the officers board the national officer board or, or the Munster organization of the party and for whatever reason she didn't get um, any second nomination from either of those bodies yeah. Um, and I suspect what we're seeing on the front page is the contents of a letter sent to Mary Lou MacDonald to intervene um, because there's a lot of quotation from this letter. Uh, for example, surely a better and fairer way would have been for the nominating bodies to give nominations to any qualifying members who wish to cont contest the convention and allow the members in Clare to select the candidate of their own choice. We are appealing to you to intervene and let the members have their say, and goes on. Yes. So it appears that uh, there's a bit of a brouhaha within mm. Sinn You'd Fein. wonder if headquarters trust the members to select the right candidate. Well, they don't, is the, is the answer. The rule, by, by my cold look at the rule is, and of course it's other parties have this as well, it's not just Sinn Féin. Exactly. Um, mm. I think Fianna Fáil are, are, are something similar. Headquarters uh, maintain uh, a say, uh, as well as the local body. So if the, if the, in effect it's a veto. Yeah, headquarters uh, definitely for Fianna Fáil, whatever about Fine Gael, will ratify selection yeah. of candidates locally and maybe even add an extra one. Yes. But that's okay in most uh, uh, constituencies where they'd be running two, three, or maybe even the fourth candidate. You know. Yeah. But whether Sinn Féin are going to run just one candidate or two candidates this yeah. time remains to be seen. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah I was but reading in the Clare Echo on, on the online section, yeah. I'm not sure if it's in the, um, the paper, that uh, Clare was a female-only yes, candidate. That, that direction had and, come down. And yeah. it looked like they were only talking about running one candidate, but that yeah. might change. Yeah. Well, it, last, last time around, uh, the last general election, Sinn Féin did not run sufficient number of candidates mm. to avail of the success yeah. that, uh, that they ultimately received in the polls. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because you need to run a certain minimum number of candidates in order to get the bounce um, from your second, third and fourth preferences. And maybe the, the last seat will come to you mm. if, if the wind and, is and behind you. And geographical considerations come in as well. It is. Yeah. And it's, it's reasonable, I think, to have a rule which allows the party, which has an overview, whether it's Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael or Sinn Féin, they have, they have a strategy that they have to think about for the winning of, an, for the, to maximise their seats. And so it's, it's rather interesting that they've made this public, I think. They're trying to... Uh, Sinn Féin aren't usually uh, seen to be washing their, let's say, dirty linen. Yeah. And I don't think they're making, stats, I, I no? don't think headquarters are making this public. This is being made public 
Locally. By the Commons, it by is. East Clare, and it by, is. you know, and they're, they're yeah. coming out with it. But of course, just thinking about the last election, I mean, Violet Anne, I mean, I understand that Nolene Moran was in the running for the, uh, you know, for the ticket last time, and that Violet Anne was kind of imposed as well. So, I mean, nothing's really changed here. No. You know? Yeah, that is true. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. It'll be very interesting the next election here in Clare, yeah. all yeah. over the country, but in Clare in particular. Yeah. The one thing, if you look through the papers this week, you know, Violet Dan gets loads of mention. You know, that must be an election in the offing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're gearing up for it, you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Has Violet Dan improved her um, image and how she projects herself since she got out from Sinn Fein? I wonder. It, it would appear to me that she has a bit. I think so. If the, what we're reading in the papers, anyway, she's getting a bit more publicity and appearing on more national um, yeah. TV programs and radio yeah. programs. And all that. She's uh, in the papers this week. I think she's covering the cams. We, we covered yeah. it in the last few weeks as well. I think she's championing that issue, yeah. Yeah. which of course is a very serious issue. And yeah. um, uh, you know, I'm not. A, I'm not saying she's just jumping on that particular bandwagon. She, she obviously feels very seriously about it. She seems all set to be running. In the next election, yeah, yeah. But it's, uh, running as an independent, yeah. you know, you're up against Michael McNamara, the other independent TD, yes. and there's probably only one independent seat in County Clare. Mm. I would have thought. Yeah. Mm. Okay, we'll go on. Yeah. Uh, it's also covered on the front page of, of both papers, both the Clare Echo and the Clare Champion, in relation to uh, the to the quote carnage on the roads that the. The wife, uh, Helga uh, Himmelsbach, whose husband passed away following a tragic accident near Ballybohan a few weeks ago. Um, but I think she is campaigning now to try and prevent such accidents happening again. It's also in the Clare Echo on page 12 and 13, uh, a two-page two, two, um, spread. Arrogant bus drivers fueling safety concerns. And uh, the Ballyvahan crash victim told wife, day will come when car accident would happen. So it's obviously something that you know, has, has taken off recently, but it's causing serious concern. Anyone that knows that road up the west uh, through Ballyvahan is the N67, I think. That's, and let's say through Cork, through Hill and all that area. Mm -hmm. That's a national route. And there's a speed limit of 100 kilometres an hour along that, and it's, that's totally inappropriate. I have a friend who lives quite near Ballyvaughan. When I called to see him, going out onto the main road again is your, you know, you have to be very, very careful. The speed cars are going along that area, yes. you know, yeah. really. Because mm. they can travel at 100 kilometres an hour, which is totally inappropriate. Mm. And there was a, mood, a move there some time ago, uh, at least a suggestion that roads would be looked at and an appropriate uh, speed be yeah. imposed rather than depending on what the name of the road was. Yeah, yeah. One thing I would have noticed uh, this years now since I was driving in the UK, in the rural UK, if you're coming into a bad bend, the speed limits will, will yeah. you'll be told to slow down for that piece, you know? And the speed limits are you know, vary along any road, but they're appropriate to what's ahead of you. Hmm. If you're going I to a bad junction or danger junction, slow down. On the road from East Clare into Ennis, yeah. there are some very wide stretches where the, the, the limit is still 80. Yes. And, and speed bands would be regularly there to monitor and to, to punish people. Uh, but then you have other roads like that where it's 100. Uh, you know the more common name for those speed bands? 
Well, cash funds. Cash funds. Cash funds. <laughs> That's the uh, money-making exercise. But they do serve a purpose. I they suppose. do. Of yeah. course they do. Yeah. Yeah. In dangerous uh, locations. I would think the main issue up North Clare is a combination of the road is probably not what a national road yeah. should exactly. be. But combine that with the amount of buses that are on that road, combined yeah. with the amount of tourists, mm. and combined with the amount of tourists uh, that might forget no more than if we go to a different country at some stage, what side of the road you should be driving on. And because that road is so narrow uh, in places, I, I can understand totally how it, how it happens. And I, I've come across a lot of people up there myself over the years that are either you know lost or going down the side, they're, down a side road and they're in the middle of the road not realising it's actually two lanes on yeah, the road, yeah. you know. Yeah. That makes sense. But they're, they're not used to driving on the, the byways of uh, North Clare, we'll say, you know, if you're compared to driving on, on an autobahn in Germany. So. Mm. What's the solution? There's mention in the article that, uh, we say especially the Porrick has there, that there should be more signage put up in relation to, you know, a little bit like when you come out of the airport, drive on the left, yeah. you know. Um, it might sound stupid to us to have no what side of the road to drive on most of the time, but if you were, you know, if you were a tourist in a new country, you, you might have literally mm-hmm. just landed in Shannon Airport a while previously. You hired the car, it's Ooh. probably not an automatic. You might be struggling with the gears to drive yeah. it, you know. Uh, that's certainly one, one side of it, but um, I think it's one of those things... The, the volume of traffic that's there, we're going to get a, a, a sense of it, I would imagine, a little bit more around East Clare once the bridge in Killaloo is done. Yeah, and, and once the Inish Caltra yeah. Visitor Centre mm-hmm. happens yeah. and all the rest. Yeah. They, funnily enough, not funnily, but uh, intriguingly, the, that's on page two, the council had given a commitment to tackle the tourist traffic problems days before the tragic death of this man, Jerry O'Connor. Um, they had, they wanted to begin to um, monitor the traffic and see what could be done. Um, they, as Luke mentioned, they were they were talking about the buses. Um, I think it was Councillor Killeen who said um, that he saw buses couldn't go forwards or backwards. They were stuck, stuck. in the road. Yes. Yeah. I guess one of the solutions to Widen the road. It's not possible to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have widened the corkscrew compared to what it used to be years ago, but there are still parts of the corkscrew of two buses meet on the wrong mm-hmm. side of it, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. And I, w- I was up uh, North Clare myself uh, during the week and was talking to a few of the country cousins and they said that the delays getting past the cliffs over the weekend were anywhere between 20 minutes and 40 minutes. Really? The, with the volume yeah. of traffic up there. And that road alone... From Lescana? Yeah. yeah. It is not good. And it's uh, in the echo in relation to, you know, mysterious cameras that appear. And this is actually the thing that the council are doing in relation to it, you know, to get a gauge for the volume of traffic that's going up there. Now, you could say in relation to the cliffs. Now, I know the cliffs is different than, we'll say, down Ballyvaughan side. But they had park and rides yeah. and they're not being used. Mm. I don't think well, I was going to say, when they have their statistics from the cameras, the mysterious cameras that are not that mysterious, um, what are they going to do with that? What are they going to do with these statistics? 
Well, there'll probably be a consultant hired to write a report, David. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wise words. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I'm just, yes. just going to say, interestingly, uh, talking of the political will behind whether any change would come, uh, on uh, page 12 of the Echo, in, in the same story, um, this man's widow, Helga Himmelsbach, said that she was very disappointed that um, she's been trying to get Eamon Ryan to engage as Minister for Transport. and uh, But Senator Roisin Garvey, who was in the same party, had not responded to her and who is quite local. so And quite vocal as and well. Quite local and vocal, yes. yes. So it's a sad story for that family. Isn't it? it is indeed. And we, we our pass thoughts our, are with our yes. thoughts and our condolences. Yeah. You know, and they're going through a, a really tough time. Okay, we'll go on to more, I suppose, um, matters in, in boardrooms and in meeting rooms. The Clare Development Plan, of which we spoke of many times here, mm. on page six in the Clare Champion, page four in the Clare Echo, the development plan of the Clare Champion uh, has been adjusted and amended and must come back to the councillors in Clare who have no choice but uh, to go along with it. So the Clare Champion says, Minister overturns part of the Clare Development Plan. And in the Clare Echo it says, Minister's Directive on Development Plan spells the end of rural Clare. We're talking about democracy in relation to Sinn Féin some time ago. <laughs> and now, are we, are we right to be thinking of, you know, where is the democracy here in terms of the, what, well, I, what the, Jim, the county councillors passed as the Clare Development Plan? Jim, we, none of us voted for any development plan, did we? That would be very democratic, wouldn't no. it? Well, we voted for the councillors. <laughs> but we also voted for our TDs, mm. uh, who trump who tr always trump councillors. Um, in this case, I think the council... Now, let, we should be clear, firstly, what did they... What did the minister... In this case, it's Kieran O'Donnell. What did they overturn? Um, and one of the things that have, has to be amended is... Uh, there were... The, the development plan said that in exceptional circumstances, they would allow planning applicants uh, to apply for... Uh, planning permission to build one-off dwellings on national secondary routes. Now, the minister said, no, you can't do that. You can't have this um, exceptional circumstances. Now, the question I have is, the council knew this. The the, 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 there, there are very clear instructions. Um, national, the National Planning Authority say you can't have one-off housing anymore on national secondary routes. The council come around and they say, oh, in exceptional circumstances, we will. So I think the minister had no option because the plan is there. It's a legal document, as far as I can tell. It's a government document anyway. Um, and you can't have councils then sort of saying, oh, oh, yes, we've noted that, but in exceptional circumstances, we'll allow it. Mm. So the but, minister had no choice. But is the, is the whole notion that you can't have one-off local houses on the off these roads... I mean, what's democratic about that? It's somebody, it's a diktat from on high and probably from the civil service rather than the minister directly. There is no, there is no democracy in any planning decision. <laughs> it is, there are planners and they make the decisions. The councillors don't even make the decisions. No. And they are unelected. 
Um, because when councillors were in charge of planning and TDs were in charge of planning, they became corrupted and we had a man tribunal and a planning tribunal, all sorts of uh, that problems. That was up in Dublin. That wasn't that was up in Clare. Oh, sure. <laughs> there were, nothing would happen in Clare like that. <laughs> um, so, but it's... Um, the fear I have, David, would be, as it's there in, in Parik's article on, on page uh, four of the Clare Echo, is that it spells the end of rural Clare. And that, it's a very sensational headline. Maybe, but it's it's uh, at the thin end of the wedge. Yeah, this is a these are national. We had a discussion beforehand to figure out what exactly were national national secondary routes, and I don't think is there any national secondary route in East Clare. I don't think so. No. Well, so you, Jim, you, I you, put it to you. You think East Clare is safe? <laughs> I, I put it to you that you're wrong, David, because the re the reason why. Uh, this is going to have the issues that, that it has is Kilrush and Kilkey and Ennis Diamond have two national roads going out their side. But it goes back to the whole thing where they have now had to dezone land. And one of the areas that land has been dezoned in is Broadford, which... Uh, now, that's another issue as well. Yeah. I mean, that's the second issue where they have to have had amendment. We should have said... The, 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 the second issue was that the council have been obliged to dezone land where there is no wastewater treatment facilities. Yeah, but David, why is there no wastewater treatment facilities? Because, because yeah. Irish Water haven't yet put, the, put them in place. And why will Irish Water not be in a position to put them in place? Because they haven't got the money, they say. And, and why did that happen? <laughs> because democratically, <laughs> uh, in a democracy a couple of years ago, uh, protesters demanded that, they wouldn't, that the government overturn the decision to tax people to pay water. Now, Correct. there's democracy for you, Jim. Mm. Yeah. Um, but the, this is democracy. Could I go back, back to the to roads for a second? <laughs> I go back to the roads for a second, and we go back to the previous conversation that we had about the roads in West Clare, and they can't they can't be widened, and they part, they can't be widened for geographic reasons, but in some reasons because there are houses there, hmm. and people's property, and you simply can't widen the roads unless you compulsory purchase hmm. the. So I think, I think what the national plan was trying to do for national routes was to prevent the building of houses so that ultimately, if the road ever needed to be widened, yeah. it could be. Can I ask you, do you have a, a water well at home? Or you do? I do. And Tom, do you have a water well? I do, well? yes. And so do I. Yeah. So the three of us, we have to pay for our own water. And maintain the pump. And, and maintain yeah. the pump and everything. That's correct. Yeah. And as well as that, our taxes are paying for everybody else to get water. Which we appreciate. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks, Carl. Thanks. Yeah. But what yeah, I'm sure you do, Carl. <laughs> the point I've, I've had issues with my well, the council will very generously provide a grant for private domestic wells because the, the reasoning is the public purse is financing the general water schemes. Um, so, as a private individual with my own private well, I should be entitled to get a cut of that. And so, in a way, the, the public are helping or assisting yeah. where, there's, where we are in 
if it was contaminated or something like that. I know. Or if we had to dig a, a, a new well, for example. Yes. Yeah, well, that's, I suppose that's but good. Can, can I just go back again, David? Uh, this whole development plan and the yes. de-zoning of land, yeah. surely the effort was being made over the last 10 or 20 years to avoid ribbon development, stretching where one-off houses, stretching out to towns and all that, to build more um, zone and area and provide all the facilities within that, let's say, a state of... Yeah. 10 houses or something yeah. like yeah. that, yeah. you know. And every village in uh, Broadford would be no different. If there's an extra 10 families living in the place, it's a win-win for everyone. The local shops, the local school, an extra teacher, more children in the school, everything else, you know. And uh, what the minister is doing here seems to be going against that, you know. And okay, the, maybe the lack of storage facilities, but surely if, you know, what, Tom, if the demand was there for 10 uh, houses in that... You're state, not proposing to build... In Broadford, when there's no wastewater treatment facilities, are you? Well, unless there's an estate can have its own facility or something, or even a temporary facility that, yeah, know, a big septic tank for that, or septic tanks or whatever, you know, and then for, when for time ten comes, houses, that that would be an enormous septic ah, tank. And we we know. suggested that very point yeah. that you're making yeah. some weeks ago. The problem ago. is that um, Ireland is not compliant with EU directives on its wastewater, and we get fined. Um, so one way of trying to stop all of that is to dezone property. Unfortunately, I'm not sure we would all love to see properties being developed. Like we, Tomb Graney and Scariff are in a happy situation where there is wastewater treatment facilities. There's lots of quite a few planning applications gone in, fifty houses in 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 Tomb Graney, for example, um, and that can that's probably good for schools and for all, all yeah, the other things. Yeah. But that's because we have wastewater treatment facilities. Mm. I often think like Dublin is totally overcrowded, choked with traffic, choked with people, houses. You know, when we think uh, we're lucky enough to live here in East Clare in a healthy environment, Carl, and right. you know, with with in a rural setting. And that the governments should be trying to have more of that, yeah. as opposed to choke Dublin. Yeah. But there's also the thing where if you're if you're stopping farmers building, on the, you know these ones off housing or whatever, you you know the chances are they're building near their parents. They're building near. You get a win-win situation with childcare. You know, as we know that one. You know, the grandparents minded the ones next door and all of that. And then when you're old, hopefully they look after you too. You know, but but we're not thinking this out at all. No. You know, so I think there's the whole social aspect of this, uh, you know, that's very worrying. Yeah. One but you thing. have to, I think you probably, we have to, you either have that yeah. or then you have the narrow congested roads with the pro and the, and the debts on the roads that we are seeing. So, so yeah. the, what's the balance? Is the question. Yeah. Just one other thing in favour of Broadford. Broadford is, you know, it's within 10, 12 miles of Limerick City, kind of, you know, and it's uh, a lot of people will mm. see it as being a suitable area to build or uh, set up home and commute into the city, and there are more and more jobs yeah. coming on stream within the I, city. I think the problem for Broadford and a lot of the other places we've spoken about this for months and months is the Irish water situation where they say they don't have the money to put it in the wastewater. Now, there is where there is talk and there is hope that Broadford is very high on the list. But to be this done is dropping next. it down again, you see. This is the what? problem. This dezoning is dropping it off the, yeah. the radar. You know? Now, it'll be dezoned for five years. It'll probably take a couple of years before the wastewater treatment facility will be back on. The next county development plan, which is in about four or five years, can zone it again. Seven years, is it? Seven years. 
Um, so we're we're in the second year of this then. Like, we're 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 in what, just at the start of it. Yeah. yeah. But but uh, but the council can rezone. Let's go another matter that the council are doing, and it's on the same page in the Clare Champion page six. And the word ridiculous is used. The mayor of Clare, <laughs> Pat Daly, uh, considers Venice. it Ma mayor of Venice. Mayor of Venice. Joe Cooney is the mayor of Clare. Joe Cooney indeed is the mayor of Clare. My apologies. <laughs> the phone is about. To, his phone is ringing as as we speak. Anyway, uh, Pat Daly. And Pat this week called on engineer Michael Duffy to withdraw his high court challenge against development of a motorway plaza outside Ennis. Mr. Duffy has doubled down and expressed confidence that he will be vindicated. So they're looking at a, a motorway, something like the Obama Plaza yeah, on the M7 yeah, yeah. or one of those. With, with, a, with a new president, is it? With a, <laughs> with a president with we the, haven't yet had. Yes. Not obviously Reagan, we've had... What's his name? Barack Obama. So could it be Mohammed Ali? What's the name of that guy? That could it be Trump? Trump's roots. Well, President Hillary. President Hillary. The Hillary Plaza. Yeah. But President Michael D. He was lived a stone's throw from. Anyway, it's Karen. Would you, if the plaza was there, would you take a drive in in the evening when you finished? No. No. Pull into the plaza, no. nice parking, and relax for hours. No, no, it would be my idea of hell. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would rather not stop. I mean, you have to stop in places. We were driving down yesterday from Belfast. It's a long drive. You have to, yeah. to stop at Junction 14 or somewhere on the way down, obviously. But these places are awful. I mean, they're absolutely awful. I know they're essential because you've got to get diesel. You've got to, you know, you've got to, you've got to refuel yourself and go to the bathroom and everything. But no, it's not something that's an attractive thing. And the Obama oh. Plaza, I mean, oh I dear Jesus, that picture <laughs> of, of uh, as you walk in with Michelle and himself there, Barack, yeah. you know, but you people can are laughing a, at us. You can take a selfie, either Clare jersey or a Kerry jersey, depending on the match going on. And uh, on, a, on a national sta station this week, uh, did you know the Obama Plaza is 10 years old this week? And you, you know, the Yanks might think it's funny that we named a, you know, a fitness <laughs> station, station. Yes, station uh, after yeah. a president. Uh, you know, people from Offaly think it's funny. If you're driving in any EV, they put in a few new superchargers yeah. in there. They uh, opened them, I think, this yeah. 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 But Pat McDonough is laughing at all of us yeah. because we're talking about it. Are we talking? Now, you did mention Junction 14. Um, we. Barack Obama, the Obama Plaza, we all know about it, we've heard about it. I couldn't name any other plaza that there is. The, the apple green one, of course, is one of Well, we have brought our children, or our grandchildren, I mean, uh, you know, go for a drive, go, in, go down to apple. We've done it a few times. Well, my Lovely children. ice cream and... Yeah, and the, the indoor playground. Yes. When, when, when they're passing, you know, they enjoy it. Anyway, the story is not whether we're going to have it or not, um, or whether we like these things or not. It is because there is a judicial review of the, de of the Umbor Panala decision to grant planning permission to Pat McDonough to build uh, his plaza. And Mayor Daly is saying it's, it, it's ridiculous for anybody to take a judicial review and that, quote, we should trust, wait for this, <laughs> we should trust Clare County Council and Umbor Panala. Um, if the planning system can't trust the likes of Clare County Council and Umbor Panola, there's something seriously wrong. It's time to stop judicial reviews, he said. Well, I am flabbergasted. Yeah. The number of bad decisions that councils for decades have been making 
and the mistakes that have been to, have to be rectified, particularly in industrial sites when they contaminate sites. And, and on board Panola are, are not, they don't always make the right decisions. Mm. Um, well, it's it's person, amazing. It's a person's right as well to take oh, a judicial review. It's if a citizen's is, right. If there is something to look yeah, at, if, if then it should be. Any looked. citizen has a right if they believe that the law is being broken to take a judicial review. Okay. Now, have we reached half time? I think we have. We've probably gone beyond it. We, surprisingly, uh, <laughs> we have. And, and a yes. comment was passed before that, you know, oh, we'll be on time tonight because yeah. the usual suspects aren't here <laughs> that delayed the show. But, well, the talk is so interesting. It, indeed it is. Well, I, I'm going to keep it short and Are sweet. I'll try and uh, fit into Pat's uh, pair of shoes for this week. And uh, uh, Pat was so dedicated to... Uh, the show he went on holidays the day after it was recorded last week. Now he's not here this week, but he'll be back in time for the Mills game at the weekend. So he's uh, very, very <laughs> dedicated, and we, we, we wish him. Uh, hope he's had a good holiday. In uh, regards to John S. Up in Ackle as well. Uh, we're playing music from the four of us who were at the festival uh, last weekend, and most people will know their big song. So we'll have a live version as recorded at the festival of the one and only song about a girl called Mary. Wonderful. Mary's got a new job working in the bank, making lots of money and giving it to Frank. Frank's a merry boyfriend, been that way for years. Slapped her in the face one, says he loves her on Mary. Why don't you have some sense? Please do something to restore my calm. You're very welcome back. You're listening to Scarif Bay Community Radio and local media this week. And our sponsor is Roots Griffin Photography. Roots from based in Fecal. Now, and that was uh, the four of us there with Mary as played in at the Harbour Festival in Scarif last weekend. Uh, Carol, I know normally in the second half we, we talk about uh, East Care matters. But uh, something took your eye there, or caught your eye, in relation to what I'm sure many of our pupils around won't be anxious to hear, <laughs> and that's back to school. Yeah, and of course it gets, it seems to get earlier and earlier every year, that soon we'll be back in July. I mean, children are back, schools are back the week after next, you know, someday during that week, so it, it's coming around pretty quickly. I suppose the Clare Champion has used its editorial to discuss the financial pressure that's on parents in the return to schools. And on one of the pages in the Clare Champion, there is the ad for the free book scheme for primary schools. Uh, sorry, yeah, that's on page... Uh, nine. On yeah. page nine. And it's the free school books for primary school pupils, which is also uh, talking about parents not needing to buy any primary school books, workbooks or copies and there's some kind of a stationary allowance or something. And that is obviously very good news. But I read then that in the Clare Champion on page 20, there's um, a survey which was conducted by um, uh, the credit union. And it said that an awful lot of parents didn't actually know about this free primary school book scheme. 49% of parents have not been informed of the free primary school book scheme. Of those parents who do not know about the scheme, 39% said they will buy their children's primary school books outright, and which seems to be a shame when there is a actual, you know, um, 
a system in place. Some secondary schools do have the free book um, rental. Uh, I know local schools have done here for, for a while, but it's really expensive to get a child back to school. And here's some, again, going back to the um, survey that was done with the Clare Credit, Clare Credit Unions, 72% of parents say the cost of back to school is a financial burden. So they're actually spending, parents are spending, based on last year's figures, about 1,200 euros, 12 to 1,300 euros for a primary or secondary school child. On top of that, then the, the extracurricular activities, um, maybe 191. The school books, the top expense for secondary schools, and um, more than one in four, which is very worrying, say they get into debt covering the uh, back-to-school costs. The average debt amount is 306 euros, and 70% of parents believe that schools don't do enough to keep the cost of going back to school. So credit unions obviously feature at this time where people borrow money, and also on, in this feature, on the back-to-school feature, there's a total of over 3,000 care children who benefit from the new enhanced back-to-school clothing and footwear allowance, which I think is often related to whether you have a medical card or, you know. And that's good. But I did hear um, somebody, uh, she's, I'm trying to think of her name, she's a Caribbean dub. I don't know if you've ever seen her. She does these money-saving tips. It's a woman who got into a lot of debt some years ago, a single parent. And one of the things, I think she was on TVAM or something the other day, one of the things she was talking about was there really is no need to get everything new when children go back to school, that there's plenty of pencils around that just need topping. You know, maybe they need a new pencil case or they need a new bag. But by and large, we've created a culture where we are replacing another lot of plastic and lunchboxes and everything. And really, we shouldn't be doing that. We should be looking at what we have at home and, you know, I, I suppose people want things shiny and bright and new, but you have to buy you have to buy new shoes. You know, you probably you can't wear a pair of shoes that don't fit. But really, there's a lot of stuff that maybe they don't need to buy new. Just yeah. a thought. Yeah. Yes, I know, and I suppose looking. Where did I see them the other day? I think it was Aldi where they had uh, the price of of school uniforms was absolutely rock bottom. Yeah. I couldn't believe they were so yeah. cheap. Um, I know when, when we were in school, we used to get the parents to buy either in Duns or wherever yes. uh, the, the uniform, which is a blue jumper and a navy pants. Um, and we used to put on the crest on Crest, them. yeah. Um, but, I mean, there, there can be huge expense involved yeah. in purchasing uniforms. Yeah. David, you have primary <laughs> school going I children. Do. Two of them. And um, they'd be aghast at Carol's suggestion that no new pencil case would be bought. But uh, I'd be with you, Carol. <laughs> but um, I, I, it's a, it's the 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 new, the new scheme, um, the 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 free books for primary schools is a godsend because the vast majority of the expense was going towards workbooks and school books and copy books and all of that. So I was actually I'm very surprised that 47%, uh, according to that survey, didn't wasn't aware of it, because I think number one, in the past the schools would send out the list for the books to be mm -hmm. bought. This year, of course, they're not sending out the books because the school themselves are purchasing the books. So I'm not sure our parents are a bit confused. Of course, a lot of people don't 
they don't read the newspapers, they don't get news as we might get them normally. We, we, of course, <laughs> we're don't. news junkies here, so we, 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 we'd be familiar, but... Or they don't read the notes in the bottom of the bags. <laughs> yeah. Or, yes, more. that's <laughs> the other thing. No, there, there are a number of us on this around this table who are involved in school management, Tom, and I suppose from that point of view, we have an idea. The costs that are involved in opening the school in September, the costs for the Board of Management. Oh, well, insurance is a big one for every school, uh, not to talk about heating and lighting and everything else, you know, but one of my bugbears with this whole books scheme is that they seem to change every couple of years, you know. If you have an older child that's gone through a national school, the books they had, uh-uh, they're not using them for the next ones that are coming in, you know. There should be some basic continuity. And I always As feel there was a, in the past time. Yeah, exactly. And I always feel there's a bit of a racket going on with these workbooks as well. They have to start yeah. the year with a new workbook. And they don't come cheap, you know. No, they don't. No. And it, now the expense will be on the government side. Yeah. But um, Some schools will are making more use of photocopying and downloading stuff off the internet and things which like that. Which is not yeah. necessarily legal. Well, I think so. you can, schools don't pay something? They do, yeah, yeah but you're supposed so, yeah. to, you can't download our workbooks or you, you're... No, not, not yeah, or copy yeah. them either, you know, yes, they're, they're to be copyrighted laws, yeah. But, um, and I think, and then the work, you might use a maths textbook, Yeah. but you'll find after three or four years that maths textbook has changed slightly. Mm. And, yes. uh, and they're not available anymore, yeah. you know, so you have to go and buy new ones, but... Yeah. Anyway, so if, you're, if, you're, if you're in the business of producing school books, of course, this is the way you'd be thinking, you know, that mm -hmm, right, right, exactly. they'll only do, do for a year or two, you know. Yes. Okay, looking at page 13 in the Clare Champion, and that's the, the East Clare page, and I suppose it's dominated there, the top half of the page, by a photograph of the Clare Rose, Acting O'Connor, and a piece by Dan Danaher, and I see Dan Danaher is the person who compiles the uh, Fiona, obviously has... She's going to be on her holidays. Well, she's, RS, she's gone. She's going she's gone. to university. She's she's leaving. And she's in Galway in UCG mm. or NUIG. You're actually University of Galway now, Jim. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, Ashling is here. Ashling O'Connor um, from... Uh, she's from Fecal, isn't she? Yeah. From Fecal. Yeah, yeah she's... She's a remarkable story. She has a remarkable story. And first of all, we, we wish her the very best of luck in the Rosa Trulli Festival, which is uh, next week, uh, the end of next week, I think. Or is Do it? you watch it, Carol? Well, I don't, and I don't like it, but I will watch it because, because I like her and I've there. met her. Yeah. And uh, she's had an interesting story in the sense that she's a teacher. I think she works up in Dublin. And uh, she's one of six children, and she was um, quite. Her father died in 2018. He was a builder, a local builder. Pat O'Connor died in a tragic accident, and uh, her mother died, I think, um, a, a few years later, and um, of breast cancer. And there were six children, and they were quite young. And this article on page 13 is very nice because. What it does is it, 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 she talks about the, the kind of generosity and the community spirit in Fecal where, you know, ever since they, she, they have lost their parents, they have dinners provided for them, they have food, they have stuff left outside their gate, anonymized, people aren't saying, well, that's from me or, you know, and, and even the other night they had um, a surprise party for her and Peppers, you know, to wish her well. She's very inspired by her parents and telling their story and said her mother was, was particularly brave when 
you know, she was pregnant when she got uh, breast cancer. She was expecting their sixth child and that she recovered from it and she had 20 years, but it came back. So it's, it's, quite, a, it's, it's, it's quite a story. So uh, Aisling was uh, with, um, on Sachet Chronicle last week, being interviewed by Marie McNamara and Trish Nugent and gave a great interview on Scarf. Uh, and Thank it wasn't Trudy. her first time being interviewed by the ladies and it was very nice of her to acknowledge that the first interview that she sort of did after the um, after she was made, we'll say the Claire Rose was yes. with the girls and yes. she said now that uh, it'll be the last interview that she'll do before she goes off on her tour. So. Yeah. Uh, uh, she is a, I think she is a very special lady, no airs and graces about her whatsoever, very down to earth. Uh, for People can say about what the Rosa Tralee competition is, what it isn't, I think she's an ideal candidate for it. I wish her the very best of luck, but that lady doesn't need luck. She's yeah. going places herself, she, she's a credit. She has what it takes to be a great Rose of Tralee. So we wish her all the best. Oh, we yeah. do indeed. And we'll, and we'll be first there when after she <laughs> exactly. wins. Exactly. <laughs> um, Jim, is there any chance we could go down? I was going to say, we should go down. Do you know An all-expenses paid trip <laughs> to Tralee. Yeah, I'm in. To Tralee. You okay. come, you? Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> well we, we agree with all of you that uh, we, we do wish Ashling all the best. And uh, as you say, no one deserves it better. Yeah. And we say from a, the family that's there, I suppose from a hurling point of view as well. There, there's a she's she's uh, she actually is the eldest, but there's a few lads that are sort of keeping the family flag uh, flying proudly there as well. Yeah, and of course yeah. they were the winners. The, the two brothers on the yeah, one was the captain of the winning yeah, St Joseph's Party uh, Cup team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was Okay, uh, I suppose something that we're looking back on this week, the Harbour Festival and the headline on, on that page, on the Clare, East Clare page, is Harbour Festival building a bridge to the people of the North. And it would be nice to think that that's happening because there has been such a good relationship with many aspects of Northern Ireland and individuals and institutions in the North uh, coming down to Scariff over the last 20 years for that weekend. It's 20 years this year since the first festival um, came. And there's a picture there on that page uh, of Joe Cooney, uh, Mayor of Clare, talking to Monica McWilliams. So, David, um, yeah. I saw you out and about during the I festival. Did. Yeah, uh, it was a lovely, it was a fantastic uh, weekend. The weather held up for the most part. And uh, there were big crowds, yeah, really big um, crowds. At, all, at all points, I think. Um, and, of course, the radio, uh, Scarif Bay, was in a prominent location, um, observing and talking to a lot of people, including Ashling, as was said there. The, Monica McWilliams is pictured there with Joe, as you mentioned, um, Jim. And uh, Monica McWilliams is the co-founder of the Northern Ireland Women's Coalition, signatory of the Good Friday Agreement, um, all those years ago and looking at her she hasn't changed a bit actually from when I can remember that agreement being signed in 1998 um, and she opened it I think on the Friday evening and uh, she was bring she was brought out to Holy Island um, and uh, was amazed by what she saw according to the article so it's wonderful to see um, that it's continuing and according to the festival chairman Mike Rogers said that 2022 was a very successful year 
um, for the committee and expressed confidence that the fest festival goers would have plenty to enjoy this year. He was obviously talking about just prior to the festival happening, but I think he can, he can, he and the committee can bask in the success that the weekend provides. I, I suppose it's fair to say that the festival has always had a connection with the North because of Waterways Ireland and Waterways Ireland is a main sponsor and of course we'll say the base in the Republic for it is, is in, in the harbour. Um, Monica McWilliams we say gave a I'd say about 20 minutes of a speech Jim at the launch for which you were MC and which we broadcast and she also gave a talk in the library but I, it's heavy stuff and I, it's sometimes good for us to sort of listen to that type of stuff and we mm -hmm. sort of realise how lucky we've had it here. And I think, hopefully, how that things in the north are changing slowly, mm -hmm. probably a lot slower than a lot of people would like. But if they managed to get over the hump 25 years ago, I think, and, you know, they haven't gone back. I, I think that uh, they they'll have, keep going in that they, direction. They'll keep going in the in the right direction. And um, a very expressive lady is how <coughs> I would sort of describe her. But I, as I said, you wouldn't want to be, you know, you'd want to be sitting down with a good strong cup of tea listening yeah. to the She gave interesting matter. accounts of, of the behind the scenes yeah. activities, you know, to when there was a conference, but what went down behind the scenes. And, and yeah. it's very interesting. Oh, yeah. But, but like, if you consider. They wound up in South Africa mm -hmm. and you have a Nelson Mandela banging heads with these guys and telling them you're after bringing apartheid back to South Africa. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. That's fairly... Yeah. But, uh, very you know, few people stuff. can come to the Scarf Festival and talk about being in those rooms. Absolutely. You know, so yeah. I, I, I unfortunately did hear as I was doing the programme on Saturday afternoon, but I believe in the library as well, she was very good. And anybody who yes, went yeah. really enjoyed yeah. her anecdotes, her stories and, you know. Yeah, and I, I think it's good for us to have this because we say we had Stuart Dickinson last year. Mm you know, from the Alliance Party. And the Alliance Party are probably the great hope, maybe, mm -hmm. in the North, that they have Catholic and Protestant trying to come together rather than just, you know, Catholic one side, Protestant on the other side. And uh, it is good for us and gives a good sense of perspective. It does. Tom, you, you were broadcasting on, the, broadcasting on the Sunday on, afternoon. On Sunday, yeah, and it was very, very enjoyable. There were plenty of people there. And one thing I would say, um, I know somebody who was in Scarif at 12 o'clock on Monday, and the whole place has been completely cleaned, which is a great tribute to the volunteers and the committee. Absolutely. There wasn't a Immaculate. sign that the fest was on. Immaculate. Immaculate. Yeah. yeah. And that doesn't happen by chance. No, it does not. It does yeah. not. So they're a very hardworking committee. And of course, the, the pride of the parish comes into place with like lots of things in like, local communities. You know? Okay, we need to go on, I suppose, a couple of other things. The Scarif Show, it's mentioned in the same page as well. The 78th. Scarif show. Tom, you've often been involved in that. Oh yes, I was on the committee for a number of years and off here we mentioned the dog show. I organised that for quite a few years, you know. What's the scene? What are they looking for, Tom, now that we've got an inside track? I have a dog at home and he's only crying out to be part of the show. What exactly are the judges looking for? Well, he needs to, or she needs to have a good temperament, be well groomed mm. and not to misbehave from what I by, by misbehaving used to going on the lead and not to go fight with every dog it needs, you know. Well, up until that point, <laughs> <laughs> we were do, I was doing well. I was like, you were coming, were you? Well. 
Yeah. I'd have to put him into a bit of training. But um, there's also a homemade tea cosy competition being introduced this year. You're into Tom, you'll be into. <laughs> I think the I radio. You, if you enter, I'll enter one. Okay. If you <laughs> dog wore the if your dog wore the tea cosy that you made, you could be really in some Uber class. There yeah, now, I, think, you know. I think you might be right there, Carol. <laughs> there's an art now that uh, I presume our parents' generation, our mothers, got to go to mind anyway. You know, would have been. Well, in primary school, this will tell you how gendered uh, Ballygibbon National School was. The girls were asked to do tea cosies and the boys were told to draw. This would be the hour on a Wednesday. <laughs> the boys, anyway, had a bit of a revolution, my class, and said, why can't we make the tea cosies really? as well? <laughs> so we all ended up making tea cosies. Lovely. Good for you. Yeah. And, I get, and I made two of them, one for each grandmother. Well, I look forward to your entry then. <laughs> Listen, we'll move on to Tumbrainy, and I see on page five of the Care Echo a picture of Pat Hayes here. And uh, the, the headline is The policy of not installing speed ramps criticised as speeding comes under focus. And they're talking about also the, the Killaloo Municipal District officials were unsuccessfully applied for the provision of a new footpath. Uh, between the castle in Tumgraney and the existing footpath that comes all the way from Killaloo. Luke, they managed you... to get nine and three quarter miles of the of the way, but didn't get the last uh, quarter of the mile down into the village. Uh, and in fairness to them, uh, I would be one of the first to be critical of a lot of things that the council do, but they went above and beyond with what they did in relation to getting the path done. For what they started out with, and we, we've alluded to it before, it was the community group and Ogunna yes, got that yes. started. And I said, from small acre, acorns, a, a very popular thing has grown. Now, I'd be a lot happier if they cut the grass around it yeah. uh, and maintained it a little bit. But it, it boils down to Jim. A very brief description of it is um, active travel is uh, the funding that used to be available for, uh, we say, footpaths and various pieces in around villages and uh, communities. But uh, with the Greens in power, uh, active travel has been uh, moved, we'll say, from the country and brought back into the towns because I think Eamon Ryan just wants everyone to live inside the towns and that they can have nice wide footpaths to walk on. Five million of which is going to be spent on one, we'll say, from the Tuller Road roundabout in as far as uh, the railway bridge. Is Tuller City? Well, it's the roundabout, Jim. Our, uh, <laughs> uh, sorry, D David. It's from, our, uh, sorry, it's the East Clare roundabout. Sorry, isn't that what it's called now? Yeah, I be, think it is. Be, yeah. Because they yeah. forgot to put a name on it originally when there was the two junctions. Uh, and I think they called it the same name. So you said, you know, was it the Tuller Road roundabout or, or the Tuller Road roundabout? But in, in fairness to Tungrani and presumably to the Tungrani Developers Association, they, the path extends from Tungrani all the way past the evicted... To nearly my front door. Almost your front yeah. door. <laughs> well, Which is, I mean, and it is, and I've walked it. I'll tell you, it's, it's, it's one of the best things mm. that they ever did. And it means that on the occasion that I do walk the children to school or walk them to the picture, I walk the dog every day <laughs> on that path. Um, but paths, paths like that are important because no, it, our roads in the countryside are no longer safe. No better example of it. Uh, and I'll give credit to another, uh, I won't call it a village, we'll say it's slightly bigger than that, Tulla. And Jim, we passed by when the recent Tulla festival was on. People had to walk down the footpaths, the side of that, the very expensively built wa stone walls yes. all, all along the road. But, you know, it's on events like that and days like yeah. that where you start to see the yeah. benefit of it. Exactly. I would have been a sceptic of it for many a year myself, but 
I can see the advantages of it now. And, you know, we spoke about it uh, recently with Fetal. They're talking about, you know, maybe going a one way because they want to have proper footpaths. And yeah. that's right. Yeah. Um, and any new road being built should have a footpath for yeah. the locals. And if Pat was here, I'm sure he'd talk about footpaths being built in cities and towns. Yeah. Yeah, but, but then look, take Clooney, for instance, the footpaths and the street lighting. That's yeah, been in. the next best example. I was Probably. passing through Drummondura, hadn't passed through it in a while yes. in the last week or so, and they've the it's same amazing. thing up there. It's amazing. Yeah. Fantastic. Great. Yep. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. It's a good way to slow people down. Yes. Go on, Carol. You're looking at a piece there where protest is involved. Yes, and protests. And we're in the, we're well within the last minute. Protests uh, at the festival last weekend. Um, what happened was some far right protesters came by boat, I understand, and uh, travelled to Scarif as part of the protests that they are making. Um, to libraries uh, about reading material that's available for the new SPHE programme. And these are far-right protesters, and they were met in Scarif by a, a number of local people, including Rendon Baggio, who is a long-time volunteer with Limerick Pride. And um, they flew the flag, the Pride flag, uh, while a protest you know, went on to stand up for gay rights and LGBT rights and to protest about the presence of the far-right protesters who had come up, who had camped actually on Holy Island and uh, had flown their flags there, which was very inappropriate. Anyway, and illegal? And, and illegal, yeah, yeah, of course, illegal. Yeah. Anyway, fair play to local people for yeah. standing up to mm -hmm. these guys. And I suppose some people should understand that libraries in Clare close at the weekend. Yes. Okay. <laughs> People who use libraries do know that. <laughs> okay, listen, we must finish there. Or my thanks uh, to David. Thank you, Jim. To Carol. Thanks, to Tom. Thank you, Jim. And yeah, to for Luke. having us. Yeah. And uh, we look forward to thank you for, for your contribution, Stephen. We look forward to having you back. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, Luke, and you've you've taken over from from Pat as our resident DJ. Yeah, well, but I, if well, anything, I, are you going well, to... I don't know if I, how long I'll have to play it, but we're going to play uh, another song from the weekend. On the Friday night, we had Queen, and we'll have a little bit of a tune from them. Okay, and we have Queen, Queen. with a W, and, and we'll finish and quite from a that. good band they were too. <laughs> Lovely. We'll see you next Sunday at two o'clock. With the help of God, goodbye and God bless. Yeah.